This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we take up the episode Day of the Dove. Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission, to explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Trekking Through Compliance, Episode 62, Day of the Dove. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we consider the episode Day of the Dub, which aired on November 1, 1968, and occurred on Stardate Unknown. Story synopsis. Called to Earth Colony Beta 12A by a distress signal, which claims that the colony is under attack by a ship, Kirk and his landing party, Bones, Chekhov, and security guard Johnson, find no traces of the 100 men, women, and children who inhabited the colony. Kirk's suspicions of a Klingon involvement seem confirmed when the Enterprise detects the approach of a Klingon battlecruiser. Strangely, however, the cruiser is disabled and heavily damaged. Klingon Commander Kang and his landing party then beam down and subdue the Enterprise's landing party, accusing the Enterprise of attacking and killing 400 Klingons aboard his ship. He demands that Kirk beam the Klingon landing party up to the Enterprise. Meanwhile, Kirk accuses Kang of destroying the colonists of Planet 12A. Chekhov attempts to attack the Klingons, accusing them of attacking and killing members of a Federation outpost on which his brother was stationed, despite the fact that he has no brother. Kirk pretends to comply with Kang's order after Chekhov is tortured, but actually warns Spock by pressing a special button on his communicator. Scott then holds the Klingons in transit until security guards can cover the transporter room. Kang and his landing party are then beamed aboard and taken prisoners with the rest of the Klingon crew, including Kang's wife, Mara, who have been beamed to the Enterprise from their stricken ship. Soon thereafter, the Enterprise spontaneously accelerates to warp nine and traps all but 38 crew members below deck. When Kirk confronts Kang and accuses him of being responsible For the trapping of the Enterprise's crew, phasers and room ornaments turn into swords. Thus armed, the Klingons escape and take control of engineering. Their attempt to cut off life support off the bridge is foiled, however, when normal functioning returns for no apparent reason. Meanwhile, Spock has ascertained that there is an unfamiliar alien life force aboard. After watching the crew of the Enterprise and the Klingons turn at each other's throats, seeing Chekhov seeking revenge for the death of his non-existent brother at the hands of the Klingons, as well as attempting to rape Kang's wife, and observing the fatal wounds, Johnson's heart wound, for instance, are mysteriously healing, Kirk realizes that an alien is influencing human and Klingon behavior, somehow deriving sustenance from the violent emotions they are experiencing. Kirk and Mara use intership beaming to pass through the Klingon defenses. With the help of Mara, he fights after fighting Kang in a sword battle, which ultimately involves all Klingon and Enterprise crew members. 
Kirk eventually convinces Kang to cease hostilities and participate in temporary gestures of goodwill. These drive the creature away, returning control of the Enterprise to Kirk. So this uh, episode has uh, an extraordinarily disturbing scene with Chekhov where he attempts to rape Mara, the wife of Klingon Commander Kang. This is the third of such um, scenes in Star Trek, the original series, and equal, each one is incredibly disturbing. So I have to point that out. It's obviously not a fun fact, but it definitely shows the differences in times between the 60s when I think you can um, or could have gotten away with this and now. But uh, it, it is, uh, of course, television, so there's no overt sexuality. Nevertheless, uh, the l- camera focused on Mara and the terror uh, in her eyes really uh, spoke as well as it, any other scene I've seen to, to what she was going through. So, uh, But the fun fact that I do have, uh, this was a comment on missionlog.com by the USS Surefoot, uh, who said, quote, Uh, You made an interesting and thought-provoking point in your podcast about this episode where you questioned whether the bigoted, terrible behavior from the crew we know and love was the result of mind control from Sparky or whether it was dredged up from some deep within our civilized psyches. I'd like to think it was mind control, but I know that's just wishful thinking. Scratch the surface of even the 23rd century man and the savage will react. I think uh, given today's political climate, you would have to say the same now, we have some interesting continuity issues in this episode. Michael Ansario reprised his role as Kang in the Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode Blood Oath and in Star Trek Voyager episode Flashback. The episode marks the only appearance in the original series of female Klingons. Although intraship beaming is routine in later incarnations of Star Trek, often in the form of site-to-site transports. This is the first and only time it is done in the original series. This is the only time Sulu is seen in engineering or working in a Jeffrey's tube. The first, uh, this episode affords a third and final glimpse of a working communicator's central spinning disc, which was controlled by an inner stopwatch mechanism. Footage of the Klingon ship was reused from Elan of Troyes, which was recorded prior to this episode, but originally aired after uh, this episode. So a really interesting episode. I hope that uh, you will check it out. And it's good to see the start of a Federation Klingon, uh, if not friendship, at least a rapprochement. So what are today's uh, compliance takeaways from this? Well, the first one is... How do you use disruptive innovation in compliance? Uh, disruptive innovation is certainly uh, a well-known tactic and use that uh, can help you succeed. It's a uh, improves business process and uh, helps uh, a company to move forward with uh, whatever business process they're trying to improve. Obviously, including the compliance process. So, take a look at disruptive innovation. Second of all, what is integrating compliance into the business. What's the best way for you to put compliance literally into the fabric of your organization? So uh, there's five points for that I would like you to consider. One is develop a relevant value focus. 
And that's you must have your senior leadership on board uh, pushing this going forward. Two, share knowledge across your organization. You've got to knock down the silos. Three, allocate your resources strategically. Resource allocation is always a challenge for compliance. It's more than just talking the talk. It's learning to walk the talk. And then five, be balanced. Uh, balance your capacity and your demand for all of these steps. And finally, um, this one's a little bit different, but I thought it would be a great uh, uh, introduction to the topic of how do you hit the ground running as a new CCO? What should you do in your first 100 days? Uh, since uh, FDR set that standard, I think it's a standard for any new leader. So number one, to, to get ready, prepare yourself. The key is to make a clear transition. Two, accelerate your learning. Spend the time necessary so that you can hit the ground running. Three, match your strategy to the situation. Secure some early wins. And five, build your team. Join me tomorrow where I take up the episode for The World is Hollow and I Have Touched the Sky on Trekking Through Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.